You're listening to The High Upside Show, a podcast that allows people like you and me to invest our money in a more entertaining way. My name is Keenan Rivals. I'm a photographer by the day, but I make most of my money by flipping cards. In this show, I'll be sitting down with you and sharing my best practices. You'll learn my process, the lessons I've learned, and more importantly, who you should be buying. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The High Upside Show. It's your boy, Keenan Rivals, and you hear that sound up there? I don't know how well the mic's picking it up. But I've been waiting all day to record this podcast and I simply couldn't because somebody is like installing a floor or just came back from a trip from Ikea. I don't know what's going on, but it's extremely loud and uh, hopefully it's not picking up on the mic or not bothering you guys too much. With that being said, I had to get this episode out. I prolonged it for far too long and it's time to give this Michael Porter Jr. card away. You know, I know you guys have been tweeting and and tagging and sharing on Instagram and all these different social platforms and you want this card you've been wanting to get this card the episode is finally here and we're definitely going to pick a winner but first I kind of want to talk about Michael Porter Jr. you guys have been asking me to kind of take a deeper dive into my personal investments last week I kind of you know broke down Kevin Herter and why I thought he was a good buy and this week I thought it'd be a really good idea to kind of do the same with Michael Porter Jr. He's the largest holding in my portfolio, taking about 30% of it, which is a nice chunk of change for such a high-risk player. But as you all can imagine, I don't really consider him that high-risk. Michael Porter Jr. is a 6'10 generational talent. He's 21 years old, going on 22 this year. And he's just one of those players that can do it all from the floor. In five, maybe 10 years, I kind of believe that everybody in the NBA will be Michael Porter Jr., like the point guard, the shooting guard. Every position will be filled with these 6'8", 6'10", do-it-all type players. But for right now, he's definitely a unicorn. And he's a unicorn in the sense that many people don't talk about. Typically, when we use that word, we use it for really tall players, seven foot two, you know, seven foot Christos Porzingis, Bobo, those centers that can kind of do it all. But Michael Porter Jr. is a small forward that can do it all. He's a great offensive talent. He's a great passer. He's a great rebounder. People give him a lot of flack for his defense, but he's a 21-year-old rookie in the NBA. He's not going to be an elite defender right now. His game has always been offensive and throughout high school and the little time he played in college, he's he's been a go-to scorer. He didn't have to defend. He beat his team with offense. And yeah, that's not great. Obviously, you want your person to play defense, but as he grows into his body, as he becomes more comfortable on the floor, as he gets used to the NBA pace, he's just naturally going to get better at defense. I mean, it's inevitable. He's 6'10", He's quick off his feet. He's agile. He has long arms. He may not be an elite defender, but his height is going to work for him. And I wanted to kind of talk about his defense first because that seems to be the biggest knock on him. You know, everyone talks about it. All the analysts, um, you know, Mike Malone talks about it nonstop. I understand the Denver Nuggets are an elite defensive team and that's what they want to be known for. But again, Michael Porter Jr. is 21 years old. I don't know any 21 year old who's an elite defender that has an offensive ability like he does. Most elite defenders aren't great at offense. They're just not good. And if they are, it doesn't happen until like 26, 27, until they hit those primes. Look at Luka Doncic. He's not a great defender. He's slow on offense, let alone defense. Trey Young can't defend to save his life. Stephen Curry wasn't a great defender. If Michael Porter Jr. was on any other team, New York, Atlanta, um, Detroit, any struggling team, that wouldn't matter. He would be an offensive powerhouse. And that's kind of why I'm looking into him. Again, how many players do we see at 6'10 with his shooting ability? When you watch him play, when you watch him, you know, come down the lane, shoot the ball, dunk the ball, rebound the ball, you can't help but think of Kevin Durant. It's like 
they're literally twins when it comes to their offensive game. And Michael Porter Jr. really showcased that. In the month of January, I'd say he had his best stretch. He had so many games where he scored 15, 17 points and minimal minutes. You know, if you look at his shooting percentage, it's over 50% from the field. And he's even shooting over 40% from three. He's literally the best scorer on his team when he plays alongside Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Will Barton, Gary Harris. We're talking about a team that's first in their division and third in their conference. They're the third best team in the Western Conference. And when playing consistent minutes, Michael Porter Jr. has been the best scorer on that team. And again, that's what attracts me. He's on a winning team. So often you see these young players who are fantastic at scoring, like Trey Young, Kobe White, Colin Saxton, Darius Garland. They're all on really bad teams. I mean, Devontae Graham, Bradley Beal, none of those teams are hitting the playoffs. None of those teams are going to get the limelight, the attention. Michael Porter Jr. is on the third best team in the Western Conference. And everyone on that team that's really solid is like under 26 years old. That means they're going to be a really good team for a really long time if Denver can lock those players up. That's huge. That's huge, huge, huge. That means Michael Porter Jr. is probably going to see the playoffs for the next 10 years if everyone stays healthy. When you buy into a player, you have to factor in not only their potential, but their team potential. Jamal Murray's a potential future all-star. Jokic is already an all-star. Michael Porter Jr., potential all-star. Then you got guys like Gary Harris. You got guys like Jeremy Grant. You got those really tough guys that play great defense, great offense in terms of Mason Plumlee. They have all the tools to like really take over the league. Denver has a chance to be the best team in basketball, or at least the best team in the Western Conference. That's a big selling point for me. I want to see Michael Porter Jr. in the playoffs every year. I want the person that I'm investing in to be in the playoffs every year and be able to contend for a title. If Michael Porter Jr. reaches his full potential, which I think he will, he's going to be the best scorer on that team. Jamal Murray's great, great point guard, but he's not consistent when it comes to scoring. Nikola Jokic, great center, but obviously we're going to hand the ball to this dominant 6'10 forward who can push up and down the court just like him. Everyone on that team can play point guard. Everyone on that team can score. That team's the future of the NBA. And that was a huge reason why I decided to put such a large portion of my portfolio into this player. Outside of that, when you kind of look at the dominant players in the league, when you look at who the hobby tends to focus on, it's always that small forward, power forward, hybrid kind of guy. You know, that guy that's kind of 6'8", 6'10", that can shoot the three, push the ball up the floor, dominate in the paint, get his teammates involved. You know, you look at Giannis, he's doing that. He's putting up 30, 10. He's putting up a nice amount of assists. Same thing with LeBron, Kevin Durant. Those are the players that kind of sell high within his hobby. When you look at point guards, shooting guards, they tend to do well for a few years and then they kind of fall off. Look at Chris Paul. He was one of the hobby favorites. After a couple years, he didn't win a championship. He kind of fell off. Same thing with players like Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard. They're amazing scorers, amazing offensive talents, but they don't do those other things really well, so they don't get a lot of hobby respect. Look at Russell Westbrook, point guard. He's dominant. He's aggressive in the paint, but he isn't the best-selling person in the hobby. You keep going down that list, you'll see that a lot of the guards don't get a lot of attention. Zach Levine's killing it this year. Devin Booker, he's doing pretty well, but is he doing as well as he should be? Not in terms of the hobby. Donovan Mitchell's another 6'3 guard that's putting up more points than almost anybody in the league, but he's not getting that respect. On the flip side, if you look at players like Giannis, you look at players like Luka, you look at players like Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam, Jason Tatum, those are those taller wing players, those small forwards, those power forward hybrids that can do everything. Those are the guys you want to go look for. The thing about those guys, they're super expensive. You know, a Jason Tatum PSA 10 Prism Silver is going to cost you like five, $600. Anthony Davis, his prices are out of this world. Giannis prices, you might have to go take a loan out to buy any of his cards. I wanted to invest in a lot of those guys, but they kind of already 
reach that point, that point to me where I'm like, those players might continue to excel, but their car prices are going to be limited. Giannis might go up a little bit more, but it's going to be a lot harder for him to 2X than, you know, the players below him. So when I look at the numbers, when I look at the stats, when I look at similar playing types, Michael Porter Jr. had all the pieces to, to be those guys, but at a way lower price point. Right now, if you want to buy a Michael Porter Jr. Prism Silver PSA 10, you're looking at about 160 bucks. I can get three or four Michael Porter Jr. cards for the price of one Jason Tatum. I can get 10 Michael Porter Jr. PSA 10 cards, Prism Silver, for the price of one Giannis base. Yet, in my opinion, the upside is the same. I'm not saying Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the greatest player in basketball, but I do think he's going to be an elite scorer. I do think he's going to be right up there with Luka and Trey Young. And I do think those three are going to really solidify that class amongst the other players that were drafted that year. And again, I don't think he's going to be better than Giannis or better than some of the more elite players. But I wouldn't be surprised if he passed up Luka Doncic and Trey Young. I know that's a bold statement for some of you. But when you look at the numbers, when you look at the footage, the kid can play. He's on a great team. He has a higher chance of winning a championship than either of those guys. And his coach is pushing him to be an elite player, both on offense and defense. That doesn't bode well for a lot of us investors right now, as I think Mike Malone's kind of suppressing him minutes-wise. He's kind of treating him like a son or, or being that tough coach, but that's going to pay off in a year or two. If you're a long-term investor, Michael Porter Jr. might be a top-five player in the NBA. And that's the last thing I kind of like about Michael Porter Jr. We talk about the long-term. We talk about the future. We talk about NBA championships. We talk about him being a top-five player in the next few years. Those are all very true things. But in the short term, he's probably going to ball out this year. It may not take five years for his cards to go up. It might take five years for him to reach those awards and to reach that status. But if the NBA season comes back this year and the Denver Nuggets go to the playoffs, Michael Porter Jr. is going to play. In a seven-game series, he has to be on the floor. He is an offensive mastermind. I understand we're going to have Will Barton out there. We're going to have Torrey Craig out there playing some good defense. But they're going to find a way for that kid to get minutes. National TV exposure, the world knowing who this kid is. That's going to be huge. With the right minutes, the right exposure, I don't see why his Prism PSA 10 wouldn't jump to about 400, maybe 450 bucks. I mean, we're talking about a, a 2.5x in terms of price. I firmly believe that can happen. If they reach the playoffs and they do what they're supposed to do and they let him go out there and play, no doubt in my mind that he's going to show the world what he can do and those cards are going to go up. All right, so with that being said, guys, enough of my man crush on my computer, Jr. It is now time to announce the winner of the Prism Red, White, and Blue PSA 9 rookie card. In order to select this person, I kind of just went to the post, scrolled up and down, and I just picked a random person wherever my mouse landed on. And that was Jay Roth. So that's Josh Roth. Uh, his Instagram tag is underscore J-R-O-T-H. You are the winner of the card. I'm not going to DM you. I'm not going to reach out to you. You're going to have to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you listen to it. If you don't claim the card in three days, then... I'll pick another winner and I'll announce that on my Twitter. So yeah, congratulations, man. I can get the card sent out whenever you want it. Hopefully sooner than later before they shut the mail down here. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I know this is kind of a, a different episode, but I just wanted to kind of share with you why I'm investing in who I'm investing in and try and be transparent as possible. So if you like this one, if you want to hear more episodes like this, then be sure to let me know. But yeah, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. Happy investing.